0: You're listening to Rust Belt Run. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human.
1: We get between eight and ten thousand additional comments, and I read every one of them.
0: So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's you know, it's got to be old guy. In the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend
1: Adam I get to do something with my friend Right now, I'm not picking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset And
0: that's okay I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around
1: You rat <laughs> that <laughs> Oh dear God you're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined as I always am by Andrew Hedinger. You can find him on social media at Andrew Runs A Lot. If you want to find the podcast on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running.
0: Before we go any further, let's take a quick break to tell you a little bit about what we do with run coaching. Adam, why don't you tell us about it?
1: It's personalized run coaching. It takes into account the schedule that you have to get your runs in, the goals that you have, as well as the base that you come to us with. You talk to us about what it is you want to be doing, the time that you have to do it, and we come up with a personalized plan that fits your needs, works on you towards your goals, and helps provide a bird's eye view on your training to make sure that you don't plateau, to make sure that you're doing the correct training that's appropriate for you, and to get you showing up on race day confidence that you're going to be ready to hit your race goals.
0: So to learn more about how we can help you hit your race goals, go to restbeltrunning.com there you can find out about our different levels and coaching find out more about us as runners and coaches or you can support the show with buying merch a sweatshirt a patch that you can iron on to your singlet for that race that you're running soon maybe you don't want people knowing that you listen to us but regardless support the show but for now sit back and enjoy the rest of this episode
1: Andrew,
0: how you doing, bud? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. I'm just waiting for this wind storm to move in for the second straight week. Um, Yep. blew one of my gutters off last week, and that was real exciting to be up there trying to... I did a runway. I felt like I was uh, running in place. Temporary fix in, like, 60-mile-per-hour winds on my roof. But I didn't die, and... um, And I've had, I've put in some good work running this week and I put together an amazing video for your 40th birthday and took a turn. (laughs) You're a master's now, my friend. Congratulations. Welcome to the other side.
1: (laughs) The other side of what? I
0: don't know. Near death. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, that video started out so sappy, and I'm like, "Oh, this is really, really nice that he did this." And then it took a turn. <laughs> I think it started with JP telling me that I needed to take my walker with me to finish Boston, and it just got worse from there.
0: Well, uh, so uh, freaking Thomas saying you're old as fuck wasn't that that wasn't like a, a you didn't tip expect off that
1: from Thomas? I loved his. Apparently, it's your birthday. <laughs> Brought back good memories of when you guys had no idea how old I actually was four years ago.
0: Yeah, I was having to, like, look up your race results to see what age group, <laughs> what you age group I was in. So we knew you were 35 to 39 at that time. That was how we, that was how we knew how yeah. old you were. <laughs> yeah. Because I think the official Wilt Chamberlain uh, picture, he had taken out the 100 and he put 35 to 39. I think that was the original Wilt Chamberlain Photoshop okay. that Thomas did. Um, and that one has gone missing, so now we just have the one of it being 100. And I should have changed it to 40, but, but it's fine. Because there's, an, there, there's another story that only you, me, and Thomas know regarding yes. that Wilt Chamberlain Photoshop. Probably We're leave it that, that way. way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, we are going to talk today. It's going to be very special. As one of our charter members, this is the first time we have uh, one of our athletes come on. Uh, as an athlete of ours. Um, And, but she's coming on to discuss finally after COVID completely ruined it for almost three years. um, She finally got her fifth and sixth race medals of the um, Abbott world marathon majors and got her six star medal in Tokyo in March. So Erica Janara is joining us today from Boston we're going to see her in just a couple weeks, Boston. And uh, Erica, how are you doing?
2: Good. Thanks for having me. Well,
0: thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're, you know, this is, and this is kind of like a little primer for, you know, actually being in the same very tiny, um,
2: <laughs>
0: like, that. is it a condo, a townhome, an apartment you have?
2: It's I a mean, condo. a closet. We're in the penthouse. A condo, okay. It's, um, it's a very spacious five hundred square feet. That's how we roll in Boston. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're gonna um, get to know each uh, other wait, really uh, well. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be. Uh, I mean, basically, bunk beds is kind of the situation we got.
2: <laughs> Step brothers.
0: Bunk beds and tandem bikes. <laughs> Oh man, I wish I could get him to do the tandem bikes. He would do all the work. So he's very smart to, uh, to not want to do tandem bikes with me.
2: Yeah. 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 He can, um, he can be on the e-bike and maybe we can find you another buddy and you can, you can tandem with someone else for the day.
0: Yeah, I did. I did happen to find someone else, but I don't want to tandem because yeah, I can't, (laughs) I I, I will do none of the work.
2: If that's your plan, um, especially if you want to see Adam race more than once. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you want to see him on heartbreak and at the finish, I would suggest not taking a tandem because he will for sure outrun your bike speed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fair.
2: Fair. Erica, did I tell you that that All was right. how I told Andrew I got in?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. I couldn't remember if I told you that or not.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I remember that now. Yeah. I, uh, you sent me a picture of a tandem bike and I was like, and I was in my work truck and I pulled off, like <laughs> I pulled off to the side of the road and I was like, oh my gosh, it, you're in. Uh, Do I, I mean, one? I knew what it meant. <laughs> like, I knew what it. Yeah. I think it was like, are, am I, am I riding one with Niles? Something like that. <laughs> Something like and, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was, that was, uh, that was a good way to find out. And then Erica, start, <laughs> you started texting us too. Cause you, you, your qualifying time was like, you only had a couple of seconds. And yeah. you didn't expect to be going to Boston this year. Uh, nope. Well, I mean, you live there. You expected to be spectating. Still might be. Um, but <laughs> um, uh, deep cuts. Um, yeah, but you you got in, and every because everybody did. But yeah, you were you texting us freaking out um, when that came through, and. Uh, you, you had a lot. How many weeks before or after London was that? Because we're we're kind of we're, we're in a time frame where you were doing London around that time.
1: Know, before London, so,
2: well, so London came. Um, London was after. So because of COVID, it, it landed in the fall instead of in the spring. Mm-hmm. So they they're supposed to be a week apart with Boston first and then London but instead London was in October.
0: Right, And I, but yeah, I'm saying where like the t- timeline wise with the uh, acceptance that you guys got, we were oh, right around September your, for that. your trip to London. Oh, uh, was uh, that September? Gotcha.
2: Was
1: it that early? Yeah, Boston um, was in late September.
2: Yeah, but, uh, Yeah, and then yeah, so, and then London's in October or it, it was like October was. 2nd or something. So we found out prior.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so you, you get to go to London for medal number five of the Boston or of the Abbott Marathon Majors. Um, what was the the journey like for you, uh, starting back in 2020 when you were so close to finally accomplishing this? We had had you and um, your your you know joined at the hip running partner Heather McLeod on um, a few times, mm-hmm. and then. Wait, we, we were all excited to, you know, share in your journey as y'all were going to get your six-star medals in uh in 2020. That was the plan, right?
2: It was the plan. And so originally London was supposed to be my last world major, but because of COVID, uh-huh. London and Tokyo got switched, so so Tokyo was the last one. And <laughs> I I'd be lying if I didn't say there were many times where I questioned whether or not it was actually going to happen. And if it was just worth the effort anymore, like every turn we Mm -hmm. took, it was a bump in the road, even for London. We, we knew that London was happening. We knew that the race wouldn't get canceled, but at that point we had our airfare booked. We had one of our hotels booked. Actually, I think all of our hotels booked. And then we found out there's a big train strike in the UK. And so we bought non-refundable tickets to go up to Scotland. And, you know, it just it, every turn we took, we kept hitting hitting road bumps. And so mm-hmm. by the time we hit Tokyo, my husband and I, we really didn't plan much. Like we we had a hard time getting excited for it. And even in the Tokyo race packet, it said they could call off the race up until 5 a.m. the day of the race. Holy and so, cow. And, and it, you know, it seemed like a long shot, but it could have happened. Yeah. And, you know, it, so it's hard to get excited for something like that if, mm-hmm. when there's so many unknowns
1: Talk a little bit about the logistics of Tokyo because I know in yours and my discussions leading up to the race, this was easily probably the biggest concern that you had because the races run so differently from anything we see here in the States.
2: Yeah. So the logistics were interesting. Uh, it started with, oh gosh, I can't remember. What did I say? Was it like a 21 page rule book? Or
1: something like that it was in the 20s more
2: yeah okay so it was over 20 pages for the the race day rule book or race weekend rule book and so lots of small details to remember and leading up to the race and even after the race we had to download a health app so the health app it would ask you to take your temperature daily to make sure you didn't have a fever we would have to answer questions like, do you have a cough? Did you lose your sense of taste? Um, Where have you traveled? Basically for contact tracing. And then to get into the expo, again, you needed to like show your health data from the prior week or 10 days or whatever it is. Um, And then two consecutive days you had to take an actual COVID test and show two negative test results. And so leading up to the race, I was super nervous thinking, Oh my gosh, like, what if I have a fever? Mm -hmm. Um, What if I test positive? And the funny thing is that we, I mean, other than showing the health app, we never had to show proof of our negative COVID tests and so it was basically all honor system which I thought was interesting for some mm-hmm. like for a race that's taking rules so seriously and I ended up taking the covid tests and taking pictures and saving them on my phone in case because I just couldn't believe that after all of these details they were they were just doing honor system. Right. That said, to get to the starting line, to get through security, they were doing temperature checks and turning people away if they had fevers. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know how far you want me to go into the logistics, but there were-
0: Did you see anyone get turned away?
2: I did not, but on Mm -hmm. the Facebook groups that I'm part of, people did see Mm -hmm. others getting turned away it was That's, happening. I
1: can't imagine traveling, like flying, paying to fly there and then having that happen.
2: Yeah. And then you guys already know, but the, the hard part is that I'm a vegetarian. So leading up <laughs> to the race, my nutrition was not optimal. Um, it's very meat and fish heavy in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I was basically eating like bread, pastries and ramen Um, And even the ramen was super limited. Like we found one or two places that sold like true vegan or vegetarian ramen. And so leading up to the race, I just felt sluggish and heavy and bloated and uncomfortable. And my body just wanted vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so that was interesting. And-, well, and you messaged
0: me on, uh, on. Re- <laughs> yeah. I, I had a flurry of messages that evening. Um, here, it was that evening here that morning in Tokyo. Yeah. I had a flurry of messages of you. Um, you couldn't, <laughs> you really just wanted to go to the bathroom. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Put it um, out there
0: for everyone to hear. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, And speaking of bathrooms, one of the most interesting parts of Tokyo is that they have Western-style porta-potties, which are what we have here for our races in the U.S., but they also have um, like squatty potties for porta-potties. And so you would go in and it would, you know, the the outside would look just like a Western-style porta-potty, but once you would Mm -hmm. go in, it would just be a hole to like squat over. And so that that was interesting. No problems <laughs> there, but I can't imagine for the poor runners at like mile twenty-two who picked those porta potties oh, and they were like, "Well, man. here we are."
0: Oh, I ha- I'm I'm having to look this up right now. Um, yeah, what a Please Japanese
1: porta potty! Try squatting out. when your legs have been torched for twenty-two miles and have yeah. no life left in them.
2: And not only that, but some of the porta potties were like over a kilometer off the course. So it wasn't what? just like a quick pit stop, Holy but it was you're cow. running back like into neighborhoods off side streets to use a porta potty. So as I was running, the only thing I could think of is like using a porta potty is not an option.
1: <laughs> That's insane
0: oh my goodness this is yeah this would be awful to see like if i walked in there i would be like what the hell am i supposed to do with this it looks like a it looks like a something you would bathe a toddler in like it's um oh my gosh like that oh that would be so terrifying i mean i would i would just probably walk out and just go beside it um Goodness gracious. Uh, Well, I'm glad it didn't come to that for you, at least.
2: Yeah. And some of the more interesting logistics, um, which I had told you about, is that we couldn't bring our own water, so we had to use water from the water stops. Um, The water stops, I, you know, they're always a little chaotic. I thought they did a pretty Mm -hmm. good job with them. Um, although I did hear some horror stories where people sort of got tangled and, like, one person broke their wrist, which just seems what? outrageous. Yeah, I don't even know how it happened. Someone tripped and, and fell, but okay. I thought they were pretty good, the water stops. Um, The tricky part though, is that you could only throw your water cups in the trash bins. Like you're not allowed to litter anywhere, which is great, but you're also not allowed to put your gel wrappers or any snack wrappers in the trash cans. It was, um, the, the trash cans are for the water cups only, and you are expected to carry all of your trash with you to the finish line from your gels. So one part that was actually, kind of tricky or like just enough to throw you off a little is every time I would eat gels, mm-hmm. um, I would have to pull out a ziploc bag and then shove the gels in and then shove the ziploc back into my pocket. And by That's the end
1: crazy.
2: I was like my hands were covered in gel, my shorts yeah. had gel down the front. So that that was interesting and a little <clears throat> unexpected.
0: That's But mind. I thought they did a really that- great job. I knew that they had some, like, very different rules when it comes to trash, which I uh, kind of agree with. I mean, like, yeah, we should not be littering. Like, I, you know, when I run a race, I don't – when I finish a gel, I don't just – throw it on the ground. I see a lot of people do that. Like, I don't, I don't do that. I will carry it until I see a trash can. I'm running through a mm-hmm. city. There's trash cans everywhere. It doesn't have to yeah. be a race one. I'll see one off, like at a bus stop or something and I can throw it in there. Um, like I, I tried not to do that. Um, and, uh, but you know, it goes to an extreme with, yeah, they must be recycling those cups is all I can kind of figure. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I just wish... I wish they had, like, two types of trash cans. Like, one for the water cups, one for gels. Yeah. Um, That that would have been helpful. Something so that we weren't carrying them along the course. It wasn't awful, but, you know, it's just different.
0: Yeah. Um, So, into your... Let's talk about, like, the actual, like, race experience itself. Um, You know, that was... I want, I, well, I want to go back to London too. We, we got to talk about your fifth star before we finish your sixth star. Um, that was your first training cycle with us. Um, and that was your second PR, uh, or your, that was your first cycle with us, right? Yeah.
2: First cycle um, yeah. and it was a PR and my second BQ.
0: Yes. And, uh, and it was a pretty substantial, uh, PR as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just missed out on the, the the A goal there, but you uh you PR'd by about four minutes, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, it was a four minute PR. Um few seconds off I wanted a sub three thirty and I ran a three thirty, but I was so pumped. Um it was unexpectedly warm and sunny. So uh-huh. all things considered I was really happy with the results.
0: Yeah, if if you it, Erica's idea of warm too is like anything over like forty six degrees. So yes. um, that's hot. She does not. <laughs> <laughs> she does not do well in anything. Um, anything over that, because uh, yeah, I remember you freaking out a lot about Tokyo, and I and I yeah. I messaged Adam. I was like, dude, that sounds like perfect racing weather. <laughs> and you you were like, oh, oh my it god, it was so hot. <laughs> it was it was like fifty two degrees, and you were like i'm gonna die out there
2: (laughs) it got to 60 it it was 60 and sunny but yeah it was it was warm you know and and again it comes down to the time of year mostly Mm -hmm. for me coming off winter and then having a 60 degree race day is a lot worse than Mm -hmm. training all summer and having a 60 degree race day so oh for sure it's all relative
0: but um london what what was some of that you got to run the only fall uh London well I guess the second fall London but the first one opened to non-elites uh because they did run it wait did they run in 21 in the fall or did they not run at all in the fall to the
1: I, think they I can't did. remember
2: I can't even remember I think they did is...
1: okay I think they did because I think that was like the <laughs> London Boston Chicago stretch where it was like three majors and three weekends
2: yeah, I, I think so too, because I know at one point we at least had an option to run in 2021 and Heather okay. and I were, we just thought that was too soon and there was too high of a likelihood that they would end up canceling it again.
0: Right. Right. Um, what was, what were the party potties like in London?
2: As, as expected. The yeah. <laughs> So um, when as you say expected. as
0: expected, it, it was London, so it was like flowers everywhere and
2: um, actually, like a mini so,
0: party when you walked in.
2: I have to say I've never used a porta potty <laughs> on a race course, thank goodness, but they did a good job at the start having enough porta potties. <laughs> um, you know, no, no major backups or lines, so that
0: was good. Um, what What was your training like for uh, for London last year? Um, and, and, you know, kind of going into race day, like when you, you were training with Adam, um, what type of, uh, experience did you have, uh, working with, uh, this dude right here?
2: (laughs) Well, it was awesome. Truly Adam's a great coach. He really listened to me and what works for my body for training. So. I don't like short, hard intervals. I'd rather do more like race pace or tempo, progressive type runs where I'm not going at 100%, but I'm doing slightly farther distances at a, a lower effort, like somewhere in between. Um, well, I guess like just a little faster than race pace, basically. And so we, we worked really hard at just workouts like that, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it was great. It was so awesome. My body felt good the whole time. I was really excited. I never felt burnt out. Um, so yeah, no, all around, it was a, it was a big win.
1: Yeah. I really feel like with both cycles, you've, your body's felt really good from everything that you've told me. Like you felt pretty strong and confident where you've been at.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I think I said this to you, I'm a less is more type runner. So Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people who will feel like I need to get in hundred mile weeks to feel accomplished. I'll peak around 50 miles and even that feels like a lot for me. Um, So I think that finding balance is really important.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at your training right now. You peaked at like 45 for Tokyo.
2: Yeah, that one was a little lower, but yeah. Tokyo is interesting, too, because leading up to London, we did two 20-milers and a 22-miler. And then for Tokyo, I had a shorter training cycle, and we just did one 20-miler. Yeah.
1: Well, and as I recall, like you really wanted some downtime after London. Like, you really wanted to take some time off and just chill, and I remember you and I having a conversation sometime in December and looking at, like, when this would all pick back up, and um, I remember you messaged me going, like, hey, like, it picks back up next week. Like, it's time to go, and, um, you know, I like, I like kind of slower ramp-ups for myself and for my athletes, but everybody's a little bit different, and, you know, with you needing that time off, it was like, well, you know, that's fine. Like, I know you like to have 20 milers, but also we don't want to pack on too much too soon, so... I think we found a pretty nice sweet spot there for you. And it's, um, you know, your, your training, I think for Tokyo was probably better than it was for London, Totally. but you, you you know, you had the logistics of Tokyo and you said that was the most crowded race you've ever run.
2: Right. And just to point out for London, my goal was to PR for Tokyo. I feel like a lot of the pressure was off. Like my only goal was to have fun and finish. Yeah. And I was like, let's train as though I'm gonna try for a PR, but really I have no intention of PRing at this yeah. race. I just want to put myself in a better position for Chicago come the fall. Right. So um I hit all those goals. Like I had a blast, it was fun. Um I was close to a PR, even though, you know, the the course was crowded. Um, but as you mentioned, the the course and you'll see with boston i mean maybe not you because you're so close to the front but with boston you're really close to people for the first like 3 to 5 miles and then the mm-hmm. course thins out a good bit okay. and then you can really kind of open up and find your own pace right. for tokyo it never opened up and i think it's because they have a course where there's a lot of out and backs so you're mm-hmm. on pretty much like single lane roads and Tokyo is even bigger than Boston. So even at mile 26.2, as I was crossing the finish line, I was still shoulder to shoulder with people.
0: You had some awesome uh, (laughs) pictures from the finish line, because you had had a dude doing somersaults right in front of you. (laughs) Oh my gosh,
2: yes. I missed. Did you the see his somersaults? It? No, oh. but I saw afterwards someone on the ground, like laying down, and it it didn't cross my mind that like oh someone may have tripped. I thought he was just like I'm done, you know, and laid down. Yeah. I didn't realize that he fell.
0: Yeah, no, he looked like he ate it pretty dang hard from those photos. <laughs> yep. Um, did you buy photos from Tokyo?
2: Nope. They were so expensive, and honestly, there were um, no no good photos, which was a bummer. I guess too many people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, you saw too the many finished people, and photos. they were too many
1: in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole photo thing is such a sham. You got yeah. from London, didn't you? Well,
2: I bought all of them from London because they were reasonably priced and they were good photos. Yeah. For, for Tokyo, it was just gobs of people. They were all far away. None of them had particularly interesting backgrounds. So, But, yeah, I bought them all for London. They were so great. Big Ben and Tower Bridge and Cutty mm-hmm. Sark. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, your London photos were awesome. We just yeah, keep bouncing are. around here, and I, I kind of like it. <laughs> we we kind of knew this is what we were doing. Yeah. um so what was that feeling like when you when you crossed the finish line at Tokyo because I haven't really talked to you except through text so I haven't really asked you a ton of questions um, but when you crossed that finish line at Tokyo I know I was super excited for you because I sure. know the journey that you've had to get not just the training and finishing the race and you know running your second fastest full at that uh, you know to date but um, but, like, what you went through to get the sixth star, the fifth and sixth stars. Um, what was that feeling like to finally, you know, three years later, but you finally made it happen? Uh, what what was that like when you crossed the finish line at Tokyo?
2: It was awesome. <laughs> um, Did you cry? I didn't. I almost But didn't. there was, the, you know. And I think I was texting you before the race. I literally had an 80s dance party in the hotel room leading (laughs) up to the race. I was like, let's do this. I'm I'm here for it. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And so it just all felt so surreal. And being in Japan prior to the race, it was like... it, It just didn't feel like it was happening. And then I blinked and it was over. And I wish I... I said I was going to have fun. I was going to take it in. And I did as best I could. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it still felt too fast. Yeah. One of the cool things, though, uh, on the Tokyo course is around mile 11, I saw someone with the, like, cheer me on. I'm going for my six-star bib. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things to do is to cheer those people on. So I'll scream and yell and high five. And so I saw a woman, and I congratulated her. And turns out she's from Boston. She's like, oh, maybe we should run a couple miles together. You know, just whatever feels natural, we're going around the same pace. And it turns out we've crossed the finish line together. We finished at the same time. We took our pictures at the end with our six star medals. And um, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully I'll get to run with her again in the future. Mm -hmm. So actually the two good pictures I have are with her, so.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of neat because you did this – gosh, I'm such a dad. I just said neat. Because um, you, you did the – you got the first four stars with Heather McLeod, and she has um, had some very unfortunate physical setbacks um, that have made running not an option for her over the past few years, which makes yeah. COVID that much more of a fucking dick for – T- taking that last little chance she had, um, right. so true. at least for now away. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you did get, you at least got somebody to kind of share that with, um, cause you kind of lost that. Cause I, I was kind of thinking, you know, she was able to be there in London, um, to at least like, yeah. you know, be with you at the finish, but she wasn't there in Tokyo. And I was like, man, this feels kind of with how much we had you guys on and how we've gotten to know you guys over the years, it felt mm-hmm incomplete in a way. Um, I, I think I told her it, f- it felt unwhole and, um, yeah, so that you did get somebody to finish with. I think that's, uh, that's neat.
2: Yeah. And I had other friends there. So who were getting their six stars. So that was nice, but <clears throat> it would have been great if Heather and I could have finished what we started. Yeah. But that said, I, I, really hope she's able to run marathons again in the future and complete her goal. And if she does, I am all in. She needs a travel buddy and um, Mm -hmm. a pit crew and I'm there for it. So if she can finish, I will make at least London happen. But if I can swing Tokyo too, then, then I'm there for it.
0: Of the six races... Um, are, uh, w- what stands out to you the most, uh, whether it be travel or cities, the races themselves, is there I- any experience that you look back on having completed all six of them that really stands out to you? COVID. <laughs> really? <laughs> not, um, not doing them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the delaying of. Gratification. Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, what stands out? I don't know. I mean, I can... I when could did say you start the, the new... journey? So it started in 2017. I mean, I had run Boston before that, but I met Heather in 2017.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we ran Boston together that spring. And then we put our names in for the New York lottery. And so we ran New York that fall... And it was just kind of a daydream. And we were like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're a third of the way there. Let's, let's see if we can make it happen. And then mm-hmm. we applied for Berlin next. We got in, then we were halfway yeah. and the rest is history. Like, it, it, well, and then Chicago. And by the time London and Tokyo came around, we were just so damn stubborn. We, were like, we are going to make this happen. It, it, like, it doesn't matter how long it takes, what it costs like we're in
1: Do you have a favorite of the six that you did? New York. Really?
2: Yeah, New York what is it about? running through running through the five boroughs. It's so okay. cool just the running through the boroughs and the different personalities and all the different people you see and it's a party along the whole course. Like Boston's known for its signs and its crowds. New mm-hmm. York I would say is known for its music and its crowds. Okay. My least favorite, I hate to say it, is Berlin. It just wasn't aesthetically very interesting.
0: Hmm. That's surprising. It was okay.
2: It was so flat, though, too. It was, yeah. like, bizarro flat. You kept waiting for at least a speed bump. Never came.
1: Yeah, you've said that before, which is nuts to me. Like, I I like having that little bit of change every now and then.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's why I
0: like Columbus. Columbus has just enough of that. The right mix. Change. Yep. Um, not, nothing crazy. You never like really pound except for that hill on mile 18. We're not talking about, we're talking about majors. Um, tell us a little bit about Chicago because I'm going to be at Chicago. Um, what, 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 and, and it's one that you haven't brought up much.
2: Chicago's great. Chicago's nice and flat. Um, you know, windy, uh, I feel like Chicago oh, is one where the you either get perfect weather and it's nice and cool and crisp, or it can throw a curveball and it can be 85. Um, I don't know how many in-betweens there are. But Chicago was fun, easy, fast. They do a great job of seating you according to your predicted finish time. Mm-hmm. It opened, The course opens up nicely. Um, lots of good things to say about Chicago. The expo is Regular. good picking up. Bibs is good.
0: Regular porta potties.
2: Regular porta potties. I there oh. weren't long lines for the porta potties either. The only race tell, the,
0: tell that to my friend Steffi Martin who had to pee on the oh, ground.
2: No. <laughs> no. Well, could be worse, but she, oh, that's not fun.
0: They, they cause so I'm I'm sorry to just like throw her business out there. She um, <laughs> So her story goes: they have tents that you can like take off your um, your like throwaway warmups in,
2: yeah. Um,
0: and she was like, it may not have been that the line was really that bad. She was cutting it real close, and uh, she uh, she was not going to make it to her corral in time. And uh, so she was standing in line. She had to make a call, and so she went to one of those mm-hmm. uh, those like changing room tents and took care of things and um yeah so i say good for her that's what you're gonna do yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yeah no you'll have a blast in chicago um i think i told you but i'm also running chicago so that's when i'll make my next push for pr
1: we gotta just be a pretty sizable group of people we know that are gonna be there that weekend.
2: Yeah.
1: It's gonna be a very big group. Yeah, we have at least yeah. two athletes that are gonna be there. Yeah. Who's the other? So do I know them? JP. Uh JP's gonna be there. He's one of my others. Nice.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. 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 So excited. Well, this is gonna be your first major.
0: I Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're both doing our first major. so let, let's shift to uh let's shift to your hometown then and let's uh let's let's talk about uh the Adams first major um yes is, uh the the race that you have done so many times and um are hopefully gonna do <laughs> one more time in two weeks
2: oh it's um, happening you
0: say you say you' you say your knees feeling okay so we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna speak it into existence and you're gonna run That's and, right and In a couple weeks uh but boston your hometown race what just first thing that comes into your head when you think of the boston marathon
2: crowds the people the cheering the screen tunnel get ready
1: you gave me a really good tip and i appreciated it um which is that the crowds are so thick that you really have to almost make sure that you don't engage with it too much because it can get, it can get draining.
2: Yes. And And I think it depends on the person. Really? So be sure to take it all. I I don't want, I don't mean this to like have you tune it out the whole time, but bring it in, tune it out as you see fit because it it can become like overstimulating. So,
1: um, Well, and that's where, like, when you and I talked about that, I I told you, you know, your experience and my experiences with marathoning are very different because you've almost done races that are exclusively marathons. And I've done races that are more that mix of marathon, half marathon. And what ends up happening is the mix of those races tends to be 80-20, people doing half marathons to marathons. So that second part of the course is is barren sometimes in terms of fan support because most people that are there to watch are watching the first half. And so it's pretty easy to find that one person who's sticking out, who's supporting you because it's like, oh, hey, here's that one person that I see over this stretch of like a quarter mile. You can Mm -hmm. engage with them and then zoom back out and get back into your head and just kind of get back to racing. Whereas with a course like this where there's going to be people the entire way, that's why I'm glad you told me about that because I'm that guy that wants to like acknowledge the support that he's getting. But if I'm trying to do that over 26.2 miles, I'm going to exhaust myself.
2: And the crowd only gets thicker as the race goes on. So right. by the time you're at mile 20, once you're hitting Heartbreak Hill, like mm-hmm. it's going to be loud from there yeah. until the end. I'm so excited for you. Oh, God. It's
1: slowly but surely this past week, it's started to sink in a little bit.
2: Just wait until you pick up your bib. Once you're at the expo, like you're going to have all the feels. Yes. Yes. Emotional mess. The other tip that I have for anyone listening who's going to be running Boston is sunblock, Um, especially from a northern climate. This is not a circular course. It's not a looped course. So the sun will be on your back the entire time you're out there. I've seen people after the race who have burned through their socks. They've had knee high socks That's and they've crazy. burned through their socks of sunblock.
1: Not something I would have thought of. So I also, also appreciated that tip. Yeah.
2: And also if I'm just you're, this if you're a charity yeah. runner. If you're in the the later waves, if you're a charity runner, bring toilet paper because the porta-potties do tend to run out of toilet paper.
1: I've got to go get my throwaway stuff. I think Mm -hmm. honestly, for me, the thing that I'm most worried about, it's not really a worry, it's just totally different. The races that like Andrew and I have traveled, like we've both done Columbus, not at the same time, but we've both done Columbus. You and I both went to Pittsburgh last year, Andrew. Our hotel room was a 10-minute walk to the start line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So there was no logistics in terms of getting ready. The, the funniest thing about Pittsburgh last year was that there were like seven trucks set up for all the gear checks. And we walked to the first one. And the line that was there for that first one was maybe eight people deep. And the person taking all the stuff kept saying, there's other trucks, guys. And like two people would go and she kept saying it. And finally it's like, I, I'm next in line. I don't need to go anywhere. It was just this weird little thing. But, like, that was the most logistically that we had to deal with. And then we just walked down a parallel road that was parallel to the start corral. And, and that was that. And this is a totally different thing where you hop on a bus and drive to the start line. And then you hang out for, like, two hours, two and a half hours. And that's not something I've ever experienced before. So I want to say it concerns me, but I know it's going to be a different sort of thing. Like, I've got to fuel differently that day and make sure that clothing-wise I'm good and really, really pray that it's dry. Well, yeah, yeah like, so I'm talking dry. to, I was talking
0: to, uh, one of our athletes who's going to Boston. We were doing our final call last night and we were doing the math and we're like, from the time he wakes up, we're trying to figure out fueling. It's like, from the time you wake yeah. up to the time you finish, it's like nine hours. Like how you can't just wake up and snack yourself to the start line. Like when you're talking about fueling, like you can't do that. Like you would a normal race where you might have a bagel and a banana he can't wake up and do that like nope it's got to be wake up you gotta freaking wake up slam a breakfast like yeah, yeah i'd rather you I, t- I told him i'm like i would rather a, a a porta potty pit stop or two during the race than be way under fueled because you're gonna right. lose way more time being under fueled than you are spending 45 seconds to a minute and a half um in a porter potty, taking care of some, <laughs> concluding some business successfully. <laughs> Rather successfully, <I> my dad. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. So I usually eat a a breakfast. Not, I mean, not like a huge grand slam breakfast, but you yeah. know, I'll I'll eat a proper breakfast, and then my usual go to is picky bars. So I'll have at least one, if not two, picky bars on the bus ride okay. before the start, and also the bus ride. It's going to be the longest ride of your life, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, so try to take it all in. Try to have conversations with people. It might be a little different for you because you're so fast in the first wave. Um, <laughs> I've heard that, you know, the, the faster runners tend to be more serious and focused. But try to take it in. Have conversations with people. Have fun. It'll help you get rid of some of the nerves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so bring snacks for the bus for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just, I can't believe it's already here. Like I said, it, it really hadn't started to sink in until this past week and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse as we go. And then by the time this gets published, it'll be a week until I'm doing my last day at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Two
0: weeks from right now, I'm going to be, yeah. we're, we're yeah, you know, I'm gonna probably be finishing up uh, a run, and uh, and I'll be at Erica's <clears throat> teeny tiny pit house <laughs> condo, <clears throat> and uh, we'll we'll be probably I, I would assume getting ready to probably head towards the expo at at this point. So yes. in two weeks, which is wild to think about. Yeah, um, I mean, I I you know I can't wait to. Uh, like, run around Boston a few times and, you know, get to take in some of the, like, just the community that is going to... The, the feeling in the air that I'm sure is there that whole yeah. weekend. Like, yes. I, I can't wait to just run around that. Like, Sunday I'll have a uh i'll have a little bit of a long run i'll have like eight miles or so so i'll be able to probably get a little closer to the course from your place or have you drive me somewhere or something to you know take it in um and i'm sure i won't be the only person out there trotting around uh and uh enjoying the sights of boston and i I can't wait to run through that and feel it even though i'm not racing like Mm -hmm. this is mecca and uh to be able to enjoy it even as a spectator and just a friend. I, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so excited for that. And, um, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be special. Yeah.
2: You, you are so excited for the race that I'm not going to lie. There's a part of me that's almost sad. I'm racing this year (laughs) because I know you're going to have so much fun on race day that I just kind of want to party with you. Uh, but for, gonna, for your going going
0: to, what's that
2: for your long run? I was going to say, we're so close. You could easily run to the finish line and do part of the course. Or yep. as you said, I could drop you off if you wanted to see more of the course and right. you could just run to the finish line and get picked up.
0: Yeah. Something Ooh. like that might have to happen. We'll figure it out. So, I don't know like what the weather's like too. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a backpack full of, um, or maybe a pack. I got to look at, like, security stuff. But um, I don't think they prohibit backpacks. They just discourage them. But I'm going to have uh, – I'm going to get, like, the small – I'm going to have you take me somewhere. I'm going to get the small Simply Oranges. I, I took I, – I'm stealing this idea from Andre, our friend Andrea Sanchez. I'm going to get the small Simply Orange. Um, oh, yeah. Orange juices. Most of the time. Empty out – yep, empty out half of them. Throw some champagne in the rest of it. We're going to be uh, – getting a little wobbly on the bikes out there. (laughs) And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to see you guys later. I'm going to be feeling like garbage, but.
2: Garbage.
1: uh... (laughs) Oh, somebody Boston accents.
0: Oh, you didn't come in. We were going to have you start by like talking with a. <laughs> with a real thick Boston accent, and we forgot. Watermelon to...
2: margarita.
0: <laughs> Shocks on a boat.
2: Shocks on a boat.
1: You mean like shock absorbers? No. <laughs> oh my god! Look at fucking Jupiter.
2: <laughs> it's a baby fucking wheel, bro.
0: Oh, so much! I can't of wait that. to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, you're in for a treat. Um, Every so, corner. Th- <laughs> um, you've lived in Boston for uh, for quite a while, and you you were you didn't run, but um, we you know we'd be remiss if we didn't you know talk a little bit about the uh, the ten year anniversary of the attacks at the at the finish line. Um, you didn't run, but you lived there. What was some of that? Um, kind of like, are there any thoughts you have on, you know, as we approach 10 years uh, since uh, people lost their lives, spectating people doing something amazing?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, lo- lots of thoughts. That that day was obviously very terrifying. And the company that I work for um, has volunteers at the finish line every year. And so just the buzz around our office that day was... Um, you know, we were all very concerned and at that point there was so much panic that cell phones weren't even working, you know, you Mm -hmm. couldn't get through to people. Um, so it was, it's a really scary time. And I think one of those moments, you know, like you'll, you'll just never forget. You'll always remember where you were when you found out about the bombings and this year or one, one of the victims of it, Martin Richard. Um, he His parents created MR8, uh-huh. the charity MR8, and this is their last year of fundraising. And Martin would be 18 at this point. Yeah. And so they've decided that this is their last year of fundraising for the marathon. It was supposed to be... Um, I think two years ago, but because of COVID and the race being put on hold, they decided to extend it by another two years. And Mm -hmm. I just look and there's, you know, obviously it was a tragedy, but I think about all the money they raised and other charities and Boston has, you know, the, the runners of Boston have done great things and we haven't let this tragedy hold us back. So, yeah,
0: yeah, they definitely picked um, the wrong community, I think, too, to do this to because we yeah we weren't phased because Boston registration, um, like the demand for it jumped like crazy after the bombing. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like people wanted to be there more. Um. You know, the, the following year, it was a record that will never be matched for participants because they allowed yeah. those who didn't finish yeah. to come back and, uh, you know, not count against the, the cap of uh, registrants. And, um, you know, I think that speaks a lot to the, the heart of, you know, our, the running community, which we're all a part of. And then, uh, you know, the community of Boston as well that... Um, you know, has, has, stood, has stood strong in the face of um, of that tragedy 10 years ago. And so there's, I, I do not believe in the saying everything happens for a reason because mm-hmm. it's bullshit. <laughs> this, this happened because two guys are fucking dicks. That's why this happened. And they're assholes and they killed people, including an eight-year-old whose life was taken away because his family was there. Cheering on people, f- accomplishing amazing feats, and uh, for for no other reason was, was were people's lives taken away. But um, you know, through all of that, like the strength and resiliency of the city of Boston and the running community, um, like has definitely showed. And we're, we're you know in defiance. Ten years later, through COVID and everything else, we get to celebrate you know, all those accomplishments again. So I, uh, you know, it's an honor to be a part of it as a spectator. Um, you know, we, we also 10 years later, we get the greatest marathoner of all time is choosing to come and run Boston. And it's all, you know, kind of part of this defiance against, against that, um, against that tragedy. So I I love that part of it. I, I still, and, and David Ortiz is going to be the, uh,
1: yeah, I saw that. The, the grand
0: marshal and, you know, delivered probably the greatest, you know, line of all time. I mean, that never does with the line, this is our fucking city. Would that be something that would bring a tear to your eye every time you hear it? But like, I mean, I, I get choked up, you know, thinking about him delivering that line. So, yeah, I mean, the, I'm so glad I get to spectate because I'm going to get to see him come through and see the crowd go fucking bananas for him. Um, and, uh, you know, get this, and he's going to be, well, we're going to discuss next week, what we think is going to happen in the race, but he's going to be bringing in the winners of, uh, of the Boston marathon down Hereford and left on Boylston. And we get to yep. get to experience that. So, Adam, do you have any thoughts? I didn't give you a moment to say anything about it. You, you get, I get I, to spectate. You get to participate in the, the, the race this year.
1: Uh, it's funny. My mom's trying to call me to tell me there's a big-ass storm coming. I know, Mom. I'm looking out my window. <laughs> if you look at the video, if anybody's watching on Spotify video, I've slowly gotten darker and darker as this recording has gone on because there's no sun out anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, what's so – there's a lot that goes through my head. Um, you know, you think about what happened 10 years ago, and, you know, you talk about, like, remembering where you were, and I, I was at a grocery store. And I remember seeing the headline coming across my phone, and you think something like, oh, like, was there a gas leak or something? You know, you don't really it, – it's kind of like what happened on 9-11. Like, you hear the initial reports, and you're like – so, like, a little plane flew into a building, right? And then when the details start to come out more and more, it's – it gets crazier and crazier and, um, it gets sadder and sadder. Cause then you realize like, what's the planning that's gone into that and what's happened. And, um, you know, I still have my Boston strong shirt. I have a picture of me with Meb wearing my Boston strong shirt. Um, I met him at Akron at the Akron expo. And, um, you know, it's like he immediately recognized that and saw it. And, you know, Boston just runs through just the idea of Boston runs to the running community. You don't have to say anything. You see a Boston shirt and people just know what it means and know what it means going back to that day. So, um, you know, it's, I hadn't had, brought it up. I hadn't even thought about it being the 10 year anniversary, but it's like, holy shit, it is the 10 year anniversary. And just, it's amazing to see how the race has rebounded since then. You know, and yeah. Andrew said it right. Like you fucked with the wrong community because runners don't give up. And so yeah. it's cool to see how that race has rebounded, you know? And then as for me and what's coming up in a couple of weeks, You know, I keep saying, like, it's slowly starting to sink in, and it fully hasn't quite sunk in yet. It's not going to happen until probably a couple days before I'm going to get onto a plane. But, you know, getting to Boston was, like, the first big tangible running goal that I set for myself, and I don't know why it was. I just know that sometime in the summer of 2011 I discovered the race because my fall race goal was built around, like, oh, I want to run a 130 half marathon because my qualifying time at the time for Boston would have been a 305. And so sometime in that first summer, after I ran my first race, I set getting to Boston as that first tangible running goal. It took me 12 years to do it. And now I finally get to cash in on that. And, um, it's just so cool to think about how much running has given me in that 12 years. Now it's 13 years. And, um, it's just going to be, I'm there to race. Like, I really want to see what I can do on that course, but there's very much like a celebratory sort of feeling to it that, uh, Yeah, I I kept, I said earlier, like, I'm going to be an emotional mess when I get to the expo. I'm going to be, because it's like, it's taken me so long to get there. I'm going to get that bib and, oh, Andrew's going to have all sorts of pictures taken of me. And Lord knows it'll be embarrassing, but it's fine. It's going to be worth it. What what am I going to do to embarrass you? Oh, it's, I'm going to be an emotional wreck, man.
0: (laughs) I mean, now why would I do that? That's not my style.
1: Yeah, not at all. Nothing was done at all this <laughs> week that would indicate that that's your style. Um, or for the yeah, past, like, just four and a half years. Also true. Also true. Um, yeah, I just—I really just can't wait to be there and be on that course <laughs> and be at that race, this historic race that has seen so many magical moments. Um, for me, it's impossible to think about 2013 and then not think about 2014 with Meb and just how right it was that an American won that first race the year after. And that mm-hmm. American man hadn't won the race in since the year I was born. It was 31 years at that point.
2: So, yeah, I, I am so excited for you mm-hmm. for, for bid pickup, just to yeah. be in back bay, be near the finish, near the expo. They close the streets and just to walk around and feel the energy. It's like no other.
1: I always love, Edge and I have talked about this. Like we always love being near a race expo during race weekend because Mm -hmm. everybody's there for it. You watch people walking around with their bags and it's just, there's that feeling of energy that something remarkable is going to happen for so many people that weekend. And this just ratchets it up another notch because it's one of the biggest races in the world, and it's so meaningful for so many people to get there because you have to work your way to get there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna be a wreck. I'm, I'm thinking about that last shift of work. I got a couple of regulars that know that I'm running Boston, and they were asking like, you know, what's your last shift before you go? And I'm like, oh, it's Thursday, April thirteenth. Like, oh, we're gonna make sure we come in. I'm like, you can come in. I cannot guarantee that I'm going to be like here. Like, I will physically be here. (laughs) Mentally, I'm going to be bouncing around in a whole bunch of different directions. So, um, yeah.
2: Real talk, how much do you think you're packing? What do you mean? Do you think you can fit everything in a carry-on for a weekend, or are you going to have, like, a whole checked-in bag?
1: So, Andrew and I talked about this. Uh, We talked about traveling to races a couple weeks ago. Because it's me and my parents going, um, we're going to have a carry-on. We're going to have one checked bag amongst the three of us. Everything that I need for the race that weekend is going to be in my carry-on, just on the off chance that something were to happen with our luggage and something would get lost. So everything I specifically will need, I will have in the carry-on.
2: Good call. I, I,
1: I can manage that.
2: When, when thinking back to, like, Tokyo and London or any of the international races I've done, that's always been the scary part is, like, yeah. you know, you, you have gels that are pretty specific. You train with a certain kind, and you don't want to be stuck without them. Sorry, right. my battery's
1: dying. Are, so you, but, you use science and sport like I do, correct? Yeah. Are you able to take those on the plane? Did you have any issues taking those? Are they too big?
2: I checked them.
1: Okay. That's I was plan. scared
2: that I wouldn't be able to put them in a carry-on. But the good yeah. news is that since that's what I use, if you check them and they don't make it, I will have it. You could always order you.
0: some and have them sent to her house too. There's also that too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I have a stockpile, so we'll, we'll
1: be yeah. good. Anyways, she has a stockpile. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to check them, but I, I've, and I'm sure it's not going to be a problem, but it's one of those like, I think that was something in Meb's book on his 26 races he talked about. He learned that in, like, the first or second marathon was that you have to make sure that everything you need, you take with you. Because once he got his luggage lost, and he ran a marathon in shoes he'd never worn before.
2: Yeah.
1: And he had an injury from it, so.
2: Um, we'll talk. With the science in sports, since we're on the topic, Um, I used to find that they were hard as fuck to open, but not anymore that said i've had two explode in my pockets i think they really? changed the packaging and i've had two break on me one really one at tokyo and one on a training run has anyone else had that happen
1: i so i put little slits in mine i used to with with scissors um and i haven't had any issues i do think that they are easier like last year I would struggle with my hands, especially if my hands started to get a little sweaty. Yep. I would really struggle to open them. Like, there were a couple times I had to get Pittsburgh because it poured. I was soaked. I think I had to use my teeth once or twice. I have not had those kind of issues this time around. I actually find them – I find that they open so easy that if I hold it too tight, like, they squirt all over the place. So I've been trying to work on that. Yeah. The things you practice while running. Um, (laughs) But I still – you know, it's funny, it's crazy, but we – you don't. You have to do the details. Like, can you do this running at race pace? Yeah. Um, you know, like, I got, I've got, it looks like a fanny pack. Andrew sent me the link, but, like, I have to get a little pack because none of the shorts that I have are, like, the pockets aren't big enough for them. So I've been carrying, like, it's. it looks like a little fanny pack, but it works, and I'm able to get everything in there, and it, I can work the zipper and be running at race pace and not have too much in the way of issues. Like, I've learned how to pack the order. Because, you know, you and I talked about this, Erica, the science and sport have less electrolytes than a lot of gels. So I cycle through like normal caffeinated and electrolytes. And there's an order that I take them in. So I've been working on that, making sure that like I can pack them in a certain order and that I can get them out and that I can kind of fish through to make sure that I have them. Um, But no, they have getting back to your original question. It does seem like they're opening easier this year.
2: I used to cut them as well to get a head start yeah. and I find that I yeah. don't need to now. So that's, yeah, they so, must've yeah. changed it. Yeah.
0: I never had an issue with it. And then really? I, I haven't even, I didn't even know they changed something this year and maybe I got, I mean, I haven't, I've gone through half training, so I haven't gone through as many. Yeah. But, um, I've also, I mean, I order them off Amazon and cause they're cheaper. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I'm still getting like a previous, Previous year's packaging, I haven't noticed a difference, though. Do they... I mean, they yeah. look the exact same, it's just, like, a different material, or what? This is really... I think so. Stuff.
1: Okay. I, I, yeah, I think it's just, like, a thinner material now that doesn't... Um, the tears easier. Yeah. This is riveting. Yeah. Um, well, I can't wait
0: to uh, mm-hmm. to come out and yeah. to be a part of this and to, to hang out with you, Erica, and... Um, this is just gonna, it's gonna be a special time. And, you know, I'm so yeah. honored that you allowed us to be a part of your, uh, you know, your six star journey. Um, I mean, we I kind of feel like we've been with you through half of it, uh, yeah. cause shoot, it might even be more than that. I'm trying to kind I of, think so. um, Early I, think might be four. I think I know Chicago I think you were raising money for Chicago the first time we had you on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: did you do yeah, Berlin he- before, or after Chicago?
2: Before, so we uh, did so three. Yeah, so it would have been Chicago, Chicago, London, Tokyo, right?
1: Yeah, Chicago in 2019, so, okay. and then we started the podcast yeah. in late 2018, so it would have been it's half. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: But regardless, you know, I'm glad that you let us be a be a part of it, and um, I, I'm uh, so
2: pumped that you're coaching I... now,
1: right? <laughs> Slowly but surely, we're still working, still working our way there. Yeah.
0: It's been a it's been a journey, and I'm yeah I'm really looking forward to uh to <laughs> to getting kissed on the mouth at uh the yeah finish. yeah.
2: I want full makeout. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs>
0: I am, I am not, I mean, if it were my wife, I'm not even a PDA guy. So no, that's (laughs) not going to, that's not going to happen with a, um, yeah, I'm not real physically affectionate. I, it's funny with my, with my fast friends group, we take a picture on the track every Wednesday and i always am like kind of in the back like off to the side like you could easily crop me out like it would not take any effort to crop me out of the early photos with this group because i just like i don't like want to be like real close to everybody i'm not putting my arms around anyone even the picture that adam and i took at pittsburgh last year you know there's a good like foot of space between the two of us well once they started making fun of me for that, I, I don't even think that it was—it's like ever been intentional. It's just what made me comfortable. Um, I, uh, I started trying to get in closer with the group, and you know now I, I can put my arms around people like Adam and I at Columbus. I we had my arm around them. and you know, it was, yep, it was. Uh, yeah, I think. And I look like I'm like a foot and a half taller than him in that picture too. Um, but yeah, like I'm no, I'm I'm not I'm not a physically affectionate person, and I, I like my space. Um, so your your condo is going to be a problem for me, but I'll deal with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward um, to
0: finding out. So I'm looking forward to ending this recording and then talking about Boston more while the storm rolls
1: in. Um, and we should do that because I suspect my power might go out soon.
0: Yeah, we're going to definitely have some internet interruptions and stuff. So, um, yeah. Erica, I thank you so much for joining us today, being a part of Rust Belt Running. Um, yeah. Adam, I look forward to talking to you next week as we kind of preview Boston, just the two of us. We're going to talk about the competition. Yeah. We're going to talk about, um, you know, kind of your training. And, um, I mean, I don't got to talk about anything. So I, I pretty much talked about everything I, I was excited for today. So, um, Erica, congratulations on six stars. Uh, yes. everybody feel free to like, subscribe, review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Go to restbeltrunning.com. Find out more about our different offers and coaching, including rest belt Running teams. Uh, where you can select a group of up to five people to train together with. Um, we look forward to um, to having my wife just texted me. She can't find the potatoes that we always buy. There's the first crack of thunder. All right, we're going to end this. Um, go to RustBeltRunning.com and, uh, yeah, enjoy those miles, everybody. I love my log. Adam, over the years, you've been a great friend and uh, you know somebody that I've been able to start a business with, and I know that we've, we've made a lot of friends together along the way, and so it's a special year. It's, uh, it's your 40th birthday, and uh, we, we had a couple friends who wanted to come by
1: and say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Adam. I heard you're turning a big four zero. Congratulations.
2: Happy birthday, wheels up. Yo, Coach Adam,
1: happy birthday, bud. The big 4-0. Um,
2: just wanted to say, can't wait for you and Andrew to be out here in three weeks. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, Adam.
0: Happy birthday, buddy. Enjoy it.
2: Apparently, it's your birthday. I want to wish my friend Adam a very happy 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Adam. Um, I'm looking forward to cheering you on in a couple of weeks and Boston, welcoming you to Boston. Um, happy birthday!
1: But I don't believe anybody knows how old you are, including yourself. But I do know one thing: is that you, Adam,
0: are old as fuck.
2: I hope this is the best year ever, because um, you're certainly not getting any younger.
1: Hope you, uh, you know, hope you bring your walker with you to Boston so you can finish the race, old bastard. And remember, like Andy said, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So make sure you use it.
0: And speaking from somebody that just put on arthritis cream, I, I have an eye for people that are old. Um, so you're old as fuck. You're old as fuck. <laughs> you're old as fuck. Now you're old as fuck.
2: And now you're old as fuck. You are old as fuck. You're old as dude. now you are old as fuck and now you are old as fuck
0: you are old as fuck you are old as fuck